quartz crystals. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because if we tried exploring them more than twice a month, we'd go crazy. We would no longer be alive on this earth plane. But we know there are some of you out there who are exploring on a daily basis, and we commend you. In fact, we dedicate this episode to you, our tireless explorers of cosmic consciousness. Yeah, I can just do it twice a month. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise, it's just too much. I just want to like hang out and read books and scroll Twitter. You do love to squirrel, to scroll Twitter. To squirrel Twitter? You are a Twitter squirrel. I am a Twitter squirrel. No. I know it's true. I am. I really got to break these habits. Storing those tweets for the winner. (laughs) (laughs) Just squirreling them away. Yeah, exactly. For a rainy day. What is the, like, what is the medicine of squirrel, you think? Well, I think it's about like, um, I was going to say productivity, but I don't think that's the word, but I feel like there is something about like productivity involved, right? With squirrel. I feel like it's about storing things for the winter. So I feel like it's about like forethought. Yeah. Planning. I'm sure that's part of it for sure. Well, it makes sense because we always talk about like animal spirits being something that you i mean there are like actual definitions for them that are based on like different people some white man wrote and then everybody took it to be true well yes there are a lot of those but i also think there are some that are you know from like indigenous practices and like people's lineage and what they have been passed down yeah um but i was gonna say you always kind of talk about um Really like looking to your own gut instinct as well as just like your own experience with the animal, right? Yeah. I mean, I think most animal symbology is derived from how the animal actually exists on the planet. Yeah, exactly. So like we know that elephants have incredible memories and they're communal creatures and they bury their dead. And so there's like a real sense of community and coming together and tenderness that we associate with elephant because that's how elephants just are in the world. Right, right. So squirrel then, yeah, they're good at storing things, preparing. They're feisty. They're feisty. They're funny. They're fast. Sexy. They're sexy. <laughs> Wait, what? Weird. It's a weird animal. To... Oh, sorry. I'm confusing it with chipmunks. Oh, you like, you're into a chipmunk? Chipmunks are sexy. You have a chipmunk fetish? <laughs> this got off the rails. Well, it always does. This is why we only do this twice a month, y'all. Because we can't keep ourselves together. No. And we maybe, you know, get blacklisted from multiple. <laughs> from all 17 of you that listen to this show. You just cancel us. There's more than 17. 19. <laughs> Let's introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Angel Lopez. I'm a writer, a producer of things, a astrologer, and um, a teacher, a queeler, an all-around badass potato peeler. You never peel the potatoes. Not when you're looking. <laughs> I'm always the one peeling the potatoes. I like the skins. You do? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. 
They get so crispy. So you're a skin eater. <laughs> okay. This has gotten too weird. Who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. It's Aquarius season, so I'm an oh, Aquarius. I'm that's a weirdo. what's going on. I'm a spiritual healer. I'm a tarot reader. I'm an astrologer. I'm a writer. I'm a sometimes performer. And yeah, and a songstress. I've been spending a lot of time at the piano recently, mm-hmm. so I'm feeling my I'm feeling my songstress thing coming back on. I like it. Yeah, it feels nice. It feels really good. I have this great piano teacher. Actually, can I just like tell this story? Can I just like slide into this? I don't know. Can we take a vote? <laughs> okay. Noche. Noche's in. All right. I guess I'm outvoted. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Tell your story. So I've been like looking for a piano teacher. This was like a couple months ago back in 2021. And I put out like a thing on Facebook because what is Facebook for except to like ask people for favors. And, and to see old photos of you. Right. That I, people post. That is also actually useful. See how far you've come. So I'd reached out for a piano teacher and nobody responded. It was just like radio silence. And then one person who was like a client of mine from a hundred years ago posted one name. And I was like, well, okay. So I had a conversation with this woman over the phone and she told me that she does piano lessons. Her prices were super reasonable. And so I just like started working with her and I'm really looking to like learn piano to support myself in terms of my songwriting so that I can like flesh out musical ideas that I hear in my head and then be able to like accompany myself at the piano. And she was like, absolutely. She's got like a PhD and musicology or something of that nature and so she was like really able to help me and she actually lives kind of close to us she's like in like the little neighboring town right next to us which i thought was kind of unusual and so the first song that i brought to her uh is called the goddess is you and so we were like working through this song and then we kind of like kept working on it week by week and i came to learn that she had done a 13 composition series all about different goddesses. Whoa. And that she had been collaborating with this guy who's this amazing artist, and he had created these sculptures. I believe his name is Myron Dial. And he created all of these sculptures for different goddesses, like the goddess of animals and the goddess of herbs and the goddess of alchemy, and then asked her to create these like musical compositions to accompany it. And I just thought, like, isn't that such an interesting synchronicity that, like, the first song I bring and then understanding that she has this deep relationship with goddesses as well and that sometimes all you need is just one right name. So it's been a pretty cool collaboration. That's awesome. Isn't that wild? How long did it take for you all to make that connection? Did she offer that up pretty up? front after you introduce the song like within the second or third oh, okay you know like I, I don't keep my spiritual weirdness in the closet for long so it how can you i know it's pretty hard so yeah no we we started to make that association pretty quickly oh okay yeah and then she recently sent me some of those songs and they're really cool oh that's cool yeah no it's pretty amazing i'm dying to do my lessons in person but and because she's so close and i just think there would be a lot that would help me out to have her like right there. We're sitting at the same piano, but with this never ending COVID saga, it doesn't seem like the entirely right choice at this moment, but we could just wheel the piano outside. Yeah, you, you could, could do that. Outside. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but she's amazing. So if anybody's looking for piano lessons, I highly recommend her and you can uh-huh. just reach out to us. I'll give you that info. Well, I love that. I love that synchronicity, how you all connected around that and just, the similarity, right, in the project. Yeah. Or the basis. Totally. But I also really appreciate you talking about that whole like it really just need you just really just need like one 
person and to recognize that person when they show up. Like there can be 99 people in a room. Yes. But it just takes that one person. Is that what you were going going after? No, but thank you for that. I just think if you've never heard Lady Gaga in a hundred different interviews say that same fucking thing, it's pretty hilarious. Somebody compiled a bunch of yeah. a bunch of those videos. There can be 99 people in a room, but it just takes one to believe in you. <laughs> you know, there can be 99 people in a room that don't believe in you, but if there's just one who does, that's what makes the difference. <laughs> there could be a hundred people minus one. But if then there's that one person, I mean, like she just says it in the same way. I know. But slightly different. It's so hilarious. And she's so fucking earnest every time she says it. I know. I miss that Star is Born publicity era. I do not. She was so great. She was on fire, but not in the right way. I loved it. She was so thirsty. I mean, I loved it more than I loved the movie. Well, we all did. <laughs> no, a lot of people love that movie. No, people no love that velvet people love dress. That movie. People love that velvet dress that, that she wore. To in the movie? No, to the premiere. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, people loved that movie. Yeah, people did love that movie. Like, people lived for it. Yeah, people cried. People like were singing Shallows on repeat. Yeah, I only really liked the first 20 minutes. I liked the first like 45 minutes. I liked the first 99 minutes and then one minute. <laughs> then you just have that one minute. <laughs> that really made it worth a while. <laughs> All right, well. We hope we didn't offend anyone who like that's your favorite movie. It's okay. Everyone's everyone's tastes and opinions are different. Listen, my favorite movie is The Birdcage, so y'all can come for me whenever you want. Yeah, like I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> Join me. It's just one of Robin Williams' greatest performances. Look, I get it. It is so... I, I mean, Robin Williams always brought a lot of heart to everything, but he brought... I just felt like... He was so free in that film. For sure. Yeah. It's a it's definitely a fun movie. Has its issues, but it's fun. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's problematic it in places. Its, it has its issues. But let's not dwell. Mike Nichols. R.I.P. One of your favorites. One of my faves, guys. Someone recently asked me what my favorite movie was, and I just always say E. T. And I just think that's my Taurus rising at play. Like I haven't seen it a long time and I think it would still move me and I still love it. But I'm like, God, have I just like held on stubbornly to my favorite movie since I was like seven? Like, is that a Taurus rising thing? No, I think it's your cancer moon because it's all about finding oh, home. Yeah, it feels ET like comfort. Home, it's, and that's what well, you and it's also just like a comfort zone for me, that movie. It like takes me back to like my favorite space of myself. Yeah. For sure. That's it. It's the cancer moon. Which makes sense. Um, should we do a check-in? Yeah. Y'all, we're recording this during a Mercury retrograde, so just prepare yourself for a hot mess episode, you know? Yeah. Y'all might never even hear it. What? <laughs> it might disappear before we're done. So true. <laughs> it's still recording. Okay, thank God. Um, uh, yeah, let's check in. You want me to go first? Yeah, I feel like I've been talking about myself already a lot. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> hi everyone, in case you forgot, I'm Angel. <laughs> Please, I think I'm the one who usually talks at length about myself. That's when you say no, actually, Angel. You don't at all. Like people want to know. Ninety-nine people in a room talking about themselves, <laughs> but it just takes that one who does it a little too much. <laughs> hi, that's me. So, hi, back to me. 
I mean, I'm doing rather well, I feel like. I um You look great. Oh, thank you. You're wearing your new sweater and that like electric blue color that looks so good on you. Thank you. We've decided electric blue is Angel's power color. Yes. If you have anything electric blue, send it my way. I will wear it. I'll be a brand ambassador <laughs> for your electric blue memorabilia. Um, anyhow, I yeah, I am doing well. I yeah, I actually do feel good. Um, you know, I like was even just talking to my therapist about this last week, um, how I've like even recognized for myself, like in the last month, how I don't necessarily feel like my, you know, ideal body weight, you know, or body, body shape right now, but I feel really like in love with myself and I'm not like mad at myself or for the first time, I'm just kind of like, well, you're, you're you right now and you're beautiful. So let it be like, it's, it's fine. As long as you have things that fit you, (laughs) which I do, it's fine. And so, um, so I'm like, I'm grateful to be at least at this place, you know, um, as far as that's concerned, that's, I guess just kind of like a side note, but for anyone out there struggling, just know you can find a plateau where you're like, I'm fine. I mean, that's great. Yeah, it is great. That's you also know. like a lot of energy that you're not spending on hating yourself. Completely. That you can spend on other things. Yes. Like hating the world. Like hating the world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Which I'm doing constantly these days, y'all. Are uh, you? No, no, no. I don't hate the world constantly. Um, I hate people in the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Aquarius season. I love humanity. Hate the people. Exactly. The people awful. But the cult, the society, also awful. No. There can be 99 people that you hate. <laughs> There's just that one. Just takes one. I'm also just, um, I don't know, trying to feel my way into this year. Like, I definitely have some creative projects in front of me. Uh, basically, some like restructuring I need to do on one writing project. But. I have finally embraced your whole perspective of like, why are we trying to do this now? Like, you know, we're in a retrograde moment. So just kind of be in the retrograde moment of it all. But I do feel like I need to sit since they are literally like rewrite processes. I feel like I need to like go in and actually like sit with the rewrite a little more. So I plan on doing that this week so that I can go into next week and actually just like get the forward motion work going i say if anything what's been really nice is getting uh back into the spiritual gaze community through our you know our astro club and our breath work and our spirit world circle like getting to hold those spaces again was really lovely and seeing all of our people was so nice i know that was really nice yeah and just looking forward to finding more opportunities for that yeah and also just like breeding for my clients it's just been so lovely to really i've been just connecting with a lot of new people um people all from all over shout out to iceland we have a lot of people i don't know actually if we have a lot of people because i don't think there are a lot of people in iceland but we do very well in iceland i love that i know so shout outs to our iceland people yeah if you're listening we want to go to iceland I know. We want to go to that like blue lagoon. I want to go to the blue lagoon, the everyone. healing waters. I'm so eager to, to check it out. But yeah, so 
If anything, I'm really just like loving. Do you know if anything in huh. your astrocartography goes through Iceland? I don't know. I'd have to look. We should look at that. Yeah, I don't know. Because I was looking at my astrocartography recently, mm-hmm. and I realized that my moon IC line mm-hmm. goes right through Hawaii, and oh. that's and that's literally like retirement, like where your moon and IC line is mm. is a great place to retire. Okay. And I just thought, I mean, the Hawaiian islands are very small, so the fact that there's even a line of mine that like intersects them, yeah. and then that it's that line. It's why whenever I go to Hawaii, I never want to come back. Yeah, you just want to stay there. <laughs> well, I should see where I need to retire. Well, I hope it's the same place. Or at least a quick flight away. Yeah. But anyhow, that's a gist of where I'm at. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I definitely resonate with some of that. Like, I've been seeing a lot of clients this month because people love to get readings in January. It makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Even though I've been trying to take it as easy as possible, I have been seeing one-on-one clients and I have been seeing a lot of new people, but also returning people. And it's been really lovely to connect in that way. I've really enjoyed that. And that does like nourish me. I've really been thinking about this kind of metaphor of like not starting the fire of 2022 until I've gathered up all my kindling. And I'd say I'm like 50% there. I feel like I have 50% of the kindling I need. And so hopefully... By the end of February, (laughs) I'll have it. I mean, the truth is, is the year doesn't really begin until airy season. Like, of course, we live in a capitalist construct and the government tells us the year starts in January. And we'll actually talk a little bit about that in our deep dive this episode, trying to extricate the tarot from a capitalist framework. But even if I have to get things going before airy season begins, I definitely want to do it from a place of like feeling robust as opposed to like a place of feeling... Like I have to, you know, because then if you don't have enough kindling, you light that fire and then it goes out really soon before you even get warm, before you can even cook your beans. You got to cook them beans. Yeah, those beans need to sit for a minute so they get like soft and the juices and that's what I want. White bean stew over the fire. Mm, That sounds good. I know with lots of rosemary and some veggie sausage. I need a bread. This is my Taurus North Node talking right now. I need a bread to (laughs) soak it up. So I have been doing lots of things that that help me kind of gather up that kindling. So I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot of Octavia Butler, which has been amazing. I've just been like gorging on her. If you've never read Octavia Butler, she is. Well, she was. Unfortunately, she passed away too soon. Um, but so prescient and such an imagination and such a gifted writer. I've been loving her worlds. And I've been, as I said, at the piano and singing and writing music, which is really nourishing. And... Watching a lot of scripted television, we watch, obviously, as you will know, a lot of reality, but I feel like I've been watching more story of late, and that's also been really nourishing, and making our morning smoothies and cooking more soups, and I do feel like over the last six weeks or so, I've been relearning how to take care of myself, and I will say, not drinking caffeine has been huge, huge. I don't wake up depressed anymore. Like I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm awake. And then I've been meditating very first thing. Like I literally wake up and then I set my meditation timer and I just sit in my bed with the blanket over me. And that's been phenomenal. And then I kind of like move into whatever I need to do. But for those of you that are feeling very dependent on caffeine, which is 90% of the global population, (laughs) (laughs) you can be free if you want to be free. I have to say it, it is huge it's making a big difference for me personally i've noticed have you yeah what have you noticed 
Just say you're much um, more chill in the mornings. I'm sure with the meditation, it helps too. Yeah. But I'm also like more awake and I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I'm not like sad to get out of bed. I feel like my sleep actually registers. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to this really interesting uh, interview with Michael Pollan who wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma and he wrote this other book recently, which is all about uh, psychedelics. And he was just talking about plants and humans and how we have these like symbiotic relationships and how the fact that like caffeine is something that most people are on pretty much all the time every day is really good for the plants because all of a sudden these plants now are everywhere. It's allowed the propagation of them and that it's just this really interesting evolutionary thing to look at how plants and humans have kind of like dovetailed in an evolutionary way. Because like the way that caffeine has changed us, like it allowed us to like work the night shift. It took us out of natural cycles in a way like we were no longer dependent on just like sunlight or the way our bodies were working in terms of like circadian rhythms. And I just thought, oh, yeah, that's so fascinating, you know, but but what is what is and who is the spirit of caffeine? And like, what is that exchange, you know? Mm-hmm. But what do you think it is? Honestly, it's a journey that I've been wanting to take and I just haven't done it was to like meet the spirit of caffeine and get a better sense of of who they might be. I love just visualizing what the spirit of caffeine would look like. What does it look like to you? Just like a big coffee bean. It's like an (laughs) M&M. Hey there. You know, but with feet. Let me jazz you up. Except this coffee bean gets to wear heels or whatever footwear it desires. But yeah, for me, definitely caffeine has always been attractive as a mood booster, like as a mood elevator, not just because I can roll calls like nobody's business once I've had a bunch of it. Right. Uh, It reminds me of the latest Drag Race episode where RuPaul was like talking about being on having had caffeine. Oh, girl. And was just like. She was out of control. (laughs) Dialed up. She was so dialed up. Oh, my God. And. Yeah, you're just missing was, that. She was living. I was like, "What's happening?" She was jacked up on caffeine. Oh girl. God, it was hysterical. It's a drug. Oh, I know it. When I have like a lot of caffeine, I am crazy. I can tell when angels even just had like a little bit of caffeine. Crazy. Like there is a totally different version of yourself that is in the house, and he's amazing. He is kind of amazing. <laughs> I do enjoy him actually. He's very fun living living um the last thing i want to say in this supersized check-in is that i have noticed just a lot of fear in the global landscape and i think we have been inundated with fear over the last two years or so and on meditating about the year ahead spread that we did and the six of swords and seeing the six of swords show up in so many people's individual readings for the year I really think that one of the biggest things we are being tasked to do is to choose love, to choose hope, to choose optimism, and to not choose fear. And there are going to be, and you probably already experience, the way fear is being used to hook you, to snag you, to manipulate you. And I just think we all need to be really aware of how we are consuming fear and how we are feeding our own fears. And I get on Angel about this all the time, the way he scrolls Twitter. And I'm like, why are you consuming fear? 
because it's not helping you. And I'm not saying live in a love and light bubble because you all know we don't play that game. But I do think we need to be resensitizing ourselves to how much fear is actually healthy for us and how much of it we've just become addicted to and is just like permeating the landscape so that we can be more easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. So that's why our New Year's resolution is more queer joy because I'm tired of the fear. And I just want everyone to just take a moment and reflect on what are things and practices that you're engaging in that are feeding the fear that you inherently have as opposed to feeding the love, feeding the hope, feeding the optimism. Yeah, no, it's important to remind. It's all about like focus, right? Where we focus our intention. Girl, you are what you pay attention to. Exactly. So if you pay attention to the fear, you become it. Yeah. So everybody say love. Amor. Noche, say love. All right, so moving on. Dogs don't talk. Forget. Uh, We're going to do a little uh, update of the cosmos. Yeah, let's uh, take a little exploration into the heavens in this episode's Cosmic Update. Yeah. We're still in retrograde land as of the recording of this. See, we have uh, Venus though, getting ready to go direct again. Okay, that'll be nice. That'll be helpful. Yeah, Venus getting ready. Mercury gonna get ready. Mercury is not ready for a minute. By the third, yeah, then it's ready. Um, and so much Capricorn because we just had Mars shift into Capricorn. It's a lot of Capricorn. So we're looking at like Mars, Venus, and Mercury mm-hmm. all in Capricorn right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Which, if you recall, we've been like very like Capricorn oriented. Um, I'd say really since the beginning of 2020 when we had that big Saturn Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. No one's ever forgetting that for as long as they live. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys remember the beginning of 2020. Remember that fun? Yeah. Lots of things happened. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've, you know, even though Jupiter's moved on, Saturn's moved on, they're both, in, you know, one, well, Saturn's in Aquarius, Jupiter's in Pisces now. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's important to mention because all of those mm-hmm. Capricorn planets are answering to that Aquarian Saturn. Right. So it is a stellium in Capricorn, but it's has uh, an Aquarius bent to it. Yeah, well, because Capricorn's also ruled by Saturn, it does feel like there's still like a connection, a conversation going on to Pluto, you know, because you have all of these minor or all these personal planets um, in conversation with Pluto. And Pluto's like, oh, I had a conversation with your friend Saturn, you know, like a couple years ago. Like, we're still working through some of that stuff, aren't we? We're still learning how to figure out how to think about ourselves uh, given the new ambitions, given the new goals, given the new big picture that we're all living in. Uh, We're all learning how to relate with each other, Venus, you know, given all these things. And now we're learning how to like act for ourselves from this new updated place. You know, Capricorn is all about the big ambitions, the big goals, where are we trying to get to, 
What are we trying to build for ourselves? And with these retrograde energies going through there, it's really helpful, I think, for us to make sure that the structures we're putting in place have a firm foundation to hold them. Yeah, I think we're just like continuing to try on different variations of the dream. And I would say that because those Capricorn planets are answering to an Aquarius Saturn, that it isn't just about what you're building for yourself. It's about what you're also building for the community, what you're building for the future, what you're going to build after you're gone. Not to bring it back to the housewives, but Heather Dubrow, who is an absolute epitome of Capricorn on this most recent episode of the Real Housewives of Orange County, was talking about wanting to build a house for her children Mm -hmm. so that they can all have a place to come together once she's gone. And I was like, that is so Capricorn in the most beautiful way. Like, I want to build something that I'm going to benefit from because I'm going to have a sick fucking vacation house in Mexico. But also, once I'm gone, this is going to be a place for people to come together, Aquarius now, and feel the love. Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's something that we want to think about. What are things we're building for ourselves so that we can receive the benefit of, but that also are going to live longer than us? Yeah. When I think with that comes a shift in some of our even just like mentalities, right? The way we look at ourselves, the way we perceive ourselves, like we still need to answer maybe to some of the shifts that wanted to happen two years ago or that have been trying to happen over these past two years. We need to be in conversation with our past self a little bit and make sure that what we want now, you know, we're, or we're acting in service of what we want now as opposed to like what we thought we wanted then. Mm. because that's what's really going to last, right? If we can put our whole heart, mind, body, and soul into something, we'll build something sustainable for the future and beyond. But if we don't, then we can even see how all of those kinds of structures and things fall apart. Yeah, it's like buying fast fashion, which maybe looks cute in the moment, but six weeks later, it's falling apart and you don't even care. Exactly. Or buying some like beautifully made organic artisan, more money, but it's going to last, you know? Yeah. And never go out of style. Never go out of style. What do you own that's like that? What do you have that you feel like is made so well and that you'll have it forever? Um, what do I have that is like that? Well, you better buy something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, anything like jumps to mind to be honest you have that vintage pendleton coat that i bought you like the red and black one i feel like that's very well made because that's like old school pendleton when yes things were like not outsourced Mm -hmm. yeah it's obviously lasted a long time it feels like it's from like the 70s yeah i know it'll last you much much more time to come Mm -hmm. and my brown belt that we bought at that little store in I don't remember exactly what city we were in in Spain, but it was like a little boutique shop. Remember where we got that really cute underwear? Oh, but that and underwear I, did not last. I know, but I bought also this really amazing belt that was made by the guy who owned the shop. Oh my goddess. That has all that like beautiful colored little like thread. Yes. It. Oh my God. That belt is amazing. Oh, and it's lasted almost 10 years. I mean, that's amazing. And I still wear it. Brava. So that's a good one. There you go. <laughs> What about you? Everything. No, I don't know. I don't think I have anything. Because <laughs> she's a lot of fast fashions. Oh, God, I got to move away from it. I am moving away from it. You have really amazing, like, shoes. 
Do I? Yeah, that I think have lasted. Oh, I mean, those Givenchy boots that my grandmother <laughs> bought yeah. me are pretty amazing. Those have lasted for a bit. Those will be timeless. I hope so. They're so fabulous. Mm-hmm. But very impractical. Yes. But I do love them. So all we're saying here, people, is get yourself a pair of Givenchy boots. Well, you know, look, Capricorn <laughs> is all about investment. Like what yes. is worth investing in? What is going to last the test of time? Yeah. I don't think it's an NFT. I don't think it's cryptocurrency, even though I know there's a lot of astrologers that are talking about cryptocurrency as the life raft for the future. I think wait and see. So what we do know is something that's well-made, Taurus North Node, will last you forever. Yeah, it's like people, we got to be investing in the earth. Yes, exactly. We're just not focusing there. But I know because capitalism is the way. And also, I think... People have a hard time like fully investing in themselves. So true. And so if you can find where you have Capricorn in your chart, you can get an even like deeper sense of, all right, where do I need to be focusing on, you know, investing in this area? You know, I have Capricorn moving uh, pretty much around my ninth house, you know, rules my ninth house um, of like philosophies and education higher you know higher wisdom learning so it's about me like investing in like what are my real beliefs you know what are my long-term beliefs my long-term philosophies which is a lot of what i've been thinking about such a little cosmic update just still in this retrograde land and hopefully this reaches you all right and now we're going to uh Pick up on a little tarot exploration. Yeah, in this episode's Deep Dive. A Tarot Deep Dive, Volume 3. If you all remember, we did a couple Tarot Deep Dives, um... Toward the end of last year where we covered some scary cards, some cards that confused you all. And uh, we just thought, let's keep these conversations about the tarot going. Yeah. And obviously, if you have questions about particular cards or tarot techniques, we can continue to do these deep dive episodes. But I really wanted to spend some time really having a conversation with Angel and inviting y'all to enter into this conversation in trying to reclaim the truth of pentacles outside of a capitalist framework. And this really came up in giving as many readings as I've been giving in these last couple of weeks. And of course, people always want to ask about career and finances. And that when pentacles come up, we tend to only talk about them through that lens. And I was like, okay, like I know capitalism has been around for a really long time. And I know that the the tarot was created within a capitalist framework. I mean, we're talking about like 15th, 16th century Italy, and it was more like feudal, but we're still dealing with currency and um, maybe not so much commodification and consumerism, but still, I wanted to evolve it for ourselves because if the tarot is going to work for us, we have to be able to use it in whatever landscape we, we find ourselves. When it was really something that was afforded to the upper class totes at the time yeah well and that's the thing right like astrology tarot these have always been tools of the elite yeah or they were yeah back then so there there was this like necessity to look at finances and resources and things like that because that's what those rich people wanted to know 
And I guess underneath all of this is a conversation about what does abundance look like when it isn't financially informed? Because the Ten of Pentacles, which is this Oprah-style abundance card, which shows up, and it's shown up for a fair amount of people in their readings this year, but I'm curious to start to unpack what abundance really is beyond just being able to write a check that you can cash, you know? And starting to get a sense of what our worth and our value is outside of a capitalist framework. And this feels very Venus retrograde in Capricorn, right? Yeah. That we're trying to understand our value and our worth from outside of a system that we find ourselves in. And the thing about capitalism is that it's like the fish in the ocean, right? Like we're swimming in it. It's hard for us to even be able to identify the water. But just to begin, I thought that we might talk about what a pentacle actually is, right? So some decks call them coins. Other decks call them stones or worlds. But the pentacle itself is a five-pointed star inside a circle. So it's a ritual object symbolized. The five-pointed star representing the five elements, earth, air, fire, water, and ether or spirit. Mm -hmm. And then the circle representing the container, all five of these elements are contained within a central space. And so it's really speaking to us about manifestation. And we can manifest money, but we can also manifest health. We can manifest satisfaction. We can manifest creativity. So I guess my first question for Angel, just put you on the spot here. Okay. How else would you start to think about abundance if you couldn't quantify it with money. I mean, there's no such thing. I know I'm asking a Taurus rising. (laughs) Credit cards? No, honey. Oh. Checks? No, baby. Um, No, I mean, abundance to me is just like a fulfillment of, of energy. You know, it's like a fulfillment of a moment in its most joyful expression like plucking the peach when it's at its most ripe yeah strawberry season and i guess for me it comes with some sense of awareness Mm -hmm. you know like real abundance doesn't just come from i don't know to me like the experience of having the most joyful day it's also having the awareness of the day being the most joyful ah so there's like an appreciation element yeah that comes in yeah because it's like all of the you know because the mind's also there too it's plugged into the moment as well along with the body the heart the spirit right so it's a physical place for all aspects of oneself to land in a state of appreciation yeah i guess that's how i would look at it and so What does abundance look like for you beyond the limited way in which we've been told abundance looks, right? Which is like yachts or one of those like real housewives closets where like all of your purses and your shoes look like a (laughs) fucking store, right? Like we have such a limited, as I was meditating on this, I was like, we have such a limited view of abundance. Like the dream has become so thin and so homogenized, right? Like I don't even... Like, do I really want to, like, I don't think I want to be on a yacht. Like, I want to be on a beach. Like, I want the sand between my toes, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so for you, what, what does abundance start to look like? Um, I mean, it starts to look like, well, for me, it's very much about like shared experience, Mm -hmm. you know, that like there's a multiplication of the joy because it's being experienced by like a collective group of people. So like abundance always like involves others for me. Mm. Well, that makes sense because I think all of the tens, and we're speaking specifically about the Ten of Pentacles in this moment, all of the tens, they invite our community. Yeah. And I'm even, um, interestingly, like that was what came to mind. And then I'm looking at uh, the Ten of Pentacles in this deck that I'm holding, which is from the Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. And in it, the... Pentacles are all on glasses, like chalices, being held by um, like a full table of people. Oh, wow. So it's almost like a like a cheers occurring. It's like a dinner know, a party. Toast. Yeah, it's like a dinner party. Exactly. So the abundance comes from that shared experience. Yeah. That's great. And I think if you just like take a dinner party as a gateway into abundance, the first thing that I think about is like, oh, we're all able to share time together. Mm-hmm. And time is certainly a pentacles quality. Time is a resource. And we're really used to like commodifying our time. But abundance to me looks like having the time to do what I want to do. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Like that's real abundance to me. And I'll never forget what one of our friends said, like at this time in my life, I'd rather have time than money. Uh And I was like, that's a really interesting way to look at it. And then also our health, our physical well-being, which is something you don't really think about until all of a sudden it's in jeopardy, right? Like we take our mobility, our ableism, our senses working kind of for granted until all of a sudden you like get something in your eye or like, you have a sinus infection or you stub your damn toe. Um, and so the ability to like be well enough to have the time to come together and enjoy, that is, that is abundance. Oh my gosh, yeah. And to have enough food for everyone. I mean, I think we're also looking at abundance through a more earth-based lens, right? Like the earth is still abundant. Like you can still grow vegetables. You can still harvest what you need and yeah you can create energy simply from the wind i mean yeah so in the card itself for those that aren't familiar what we're looking at are 10 pentacles in the foreground of the card and they're in the shape of the tree of life and so it's like we're looking through the pentacles we're looking through these multiple realms at this one scene and the scene is of a i believe a man and a woman And they've got these two dogs and there's a child and there's some more people like in the background and they're kind of like in this courtyard and there's this big archway and then really close to the the first layer of the foreground, there's also this like old man and it's unclear if anybody like really can see this old man or if this old man is like a spirit, if he represents like somebody that's like watching this scene, if he's thinking back on his youth and thinking back on the abundance that he had and understanding like, you know. Like they say youth is wasted on the young or you don't know what you have until it's gone. They pave paradise, put up a parking lot. So, you know, things of this <laughs> nature. And you are invited into a reflection on what abundance 
can look like and feel like. It's not like a solitary person counting their coin. Right. And I like that the two white dogs are there as well, because to me, it's inviting us out of just our limited human construct and into an idea of like, oh, abundance in terms of like, I can just sit here and listen to all the birds sing. And there's so many of them, especially around like dusk. And that feels really abundant that like I have the time and the stillness and the ability to like connect in this way. Yeah. I think it's important, especially with Taurus North Node for the next year and a half, that we start to just become curious about what abundance really looks like and feels like to us, because we've all been sold a bill of goods that maybe isn't really what we want. For whatever reason, I really wanted like a Louis Vuitton bum bag for like the last like eight weeks. It's very out of character, but I just like got it in my head. I was like, oh, I really want that. And then I was like, what the fuck? Like I'd been totally brainwashed there was like an insecurity in me that was like reaching for something that was like societally held up as like a a status symbol or whatever and to me i was like oh that that's abundance i want that and then when i like really sat with it i realized that that's not abundance at all that's not what abundance looks like to me like that's such a waste of money that i don't even have and also like that's just like buying into somebody else's idea of abundance yeah so I think it's important for everyone just to start to meditate on like, what is your unique idea of abundance? You know, maybe it's having all of the nail polish, you know, you want to have four different colors. So you never have to worry. Maybe it's about having all of the time. Maybe it's about having some land. Maybe it's about being able to connect with those people that really matter to you on a regular basis. Yeah. To me, the public library feels really abundant. Because I'm like, everything is there, you know? Everything is there and it's for free. Right. That's abundance. Well, it seems like it comes down to like values, right? Which is pentacles, right? Yeah. It comes down to like, what do I value and what do I want to place value? You know, what do I want to place value on? How, you know, how do I value myself, my time? Also very apropos given the like Taurus and North Node or North Node and Taurus shift, right? Yeah, a shift toward a greater awareness of our values and what what values are driving us forward. And I think we can look at some other cards in this suit to help us unpack this idea a little bit more like the King of Pentacles, who is a really abundant figure. But what's so striking about the way the King of Pentacles is depicted, particularly in the in the Pamela Coleman Smith way of depicting it in the Rider Waite Smith deck, is that the king wears this cloak covered in grapes and vines. And then there are also vines that cover the king. And you can't tell what's part of the cloak and what's part of the natural environment. There's this like blending in that's really interesting. And that abundance isn't about separating ourselves, but actually connecting ourselves. And I think that's actually yeah. really countercultural in terms of this idea of abundance because we're told that like if you're really abundant you live alone nobody can touch you and you're kind of this like protected and preserved being right even like first class if you fly first class on a plane you're separated you don't have to like deal with everybody else yeah but that isn't actually real abundance real abundance is connection is oneness yeah yeah, you can just get an abundance of drinks you don't have to pay for. But do you really value those drinks? Maybe. 
So then the other card that I think is interesting to talk about as we just try to explore pentacles outside of a capitalist framework is the devil. Because while Mm -hmm. the devil isn't technically a pentacles card, the devil does have a pentacle. Well, the devil has the pentagram, right? So again, using the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, the devil has this upside-down star, five points, coming out of the third eye. And so one way of interpreting the direction of the star uh, is that when the point is moving upwards, it's like more spiritual pursuits. The energy is moving, you know, ascending, essentially. And when the point of the star is downwards, we're more about earthly pursuits. And in some ways, like paganism is about this upside down star, because we're trying to connect to the spiritual nature of matter. But the devil itself is this card that connects to Capricorn, which is the sign I think that capitalism comes out of. And we know that the devil has these two beings on either side of the devil with these chains around their neck. And the chains are loose. That's the one thing we can always remember about the devil is that we are willfully staying chained to this idea, to this addiction, right? Are we addicted to money? Are we addicted to this false idea of abundance? Addicted to having everything we need, but really we don't need any of it. Like when you walk into Forever 21 and everything's cheap and you can have whatever you want, but nothing really matters. Yeah, And then interesting too, just to notice that the the one being that's kind of chained to the devil on the on the left side of the card has grapes growing off the tail. So there's also this sense of like, where are we allowing like our inebriation, you know, mm. where we're kind of, and then uh, the tail on the other being chained to the devil, there's like a, a flame or maybe it's even like a salamander, but this idea of like, oh, and, and it's possibly even that like the devil is lighting this tail on fire. So we're being kind of gaslit in a way, like we're on fire and we're trying to put something out, but we're not even the ones that have lit it in the first place. In the same way that consumerism tells you like, you need this thing, you need to be more beautiful, you need to be skinnier, you need to be more up to date. And you're like, oh, I have to do this thing. But like the call's not coming from inside the house. You've been lit on fire the way the devil's lit this being on fire here. Yeah. And so in general, this is a card that, that shows up to have us kind of question where are we a little too attached to physical matter? Now, sometimes it's also about inviting us into physical matter that it's like not besides the point and the devil can be a really good time, but we want to make sure that we are in control of it and that we're, as Angel was talking about earlier, appreciating it. Like if you're appreciating the cocktail and you have two or you have three or you have six, that's one thing. But if you're just pouring them down your gullet because you just don't want to feel what's going on in your life, that's a different, that's like the devil reversed or the devil direct. Yeah. If you're just shopping to fill a hole or eating to fill a hole or fucking to fill a hole, or if you just want to, you know, buy something really nice because it makes you feel good to put that against your skin or you just want to eat a really nice cheese board because you deserve it and because it feels good to connect to the abundance of what we're able to create. It's all about the point of view. And it reminds me of a Coco Chanel quote, interestingly enough, where she said, the best things in life are free and the second best are very expensive. (laughs) Yeah. And so there is this sense that like, as we begin to question our values and what things are actually worth and we're dealing with inflation right now. And I think with Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces, we're going to be continuing to see things overvalued for a little bit of this year to get clear for yourself and to pull yourself out of the collective soup and really understand for yourself, what do I value? What is this actually worth? What is my time worth? What's my expertise worth? Yeah. 
And I think it's important to just talk about the need to not just fall into a basic mindset when it comes to the devil. And I don't mean basic in a like, you're basic kind of way, but I think like a basic just from... Like a Judeo-Christian standpoint? Exactly, yeah. Like steeped in religious trauma and shame? I mean, I don't even think I was allowed or supposed to say the word devil in my house growing up. You know, like if I said the word, it was like inviting this entity into the home. And so I know that like, I'm not alone in that too. I know a lot of people grew up in that kind of environment. So uh, we're bringing that, even if it is no longer prevalent in our mind, we're still bringing some of that trauma yeah like steeped in to this card when it turns up when really it is about like our desires ultimately and making it okay to value your desires for what they are oh my gosh yeah that's beautifully said yeah being able to embrace and appreciate your desires for for exactly what they are yeah, because I do think that the devil does connect to like our shadow, right? Which then also brings up uh, any shame we may have. And it's important to get clarity around those shadow aspects of ourselves so that we can release the shame and come to value things like our sexuality or our psychology, and the physicality, the pentacles quality mm-hmm. of the devil is really important. Like sometimes yeah. the way in which you present in the world, the way in which you can purchase something helps you to express your sexuality or your gender or just your authenticity in a way that isn't superficial at all, but that's actually deeply spiritual, which is the devil. I mean, Lucifer was the light bringer. Lucifer takes us to a particular spiritual realm and in the journey of the tarot after the devil comes the tower so it's the step right before enlightenment where we appreciate what physical reality can give us and understand that it's also not the end game and i do think we're in a time right now when everybody's just looking at what you can accumulate as the end game yeah and you can't take it with you no and you can't take it to mars and you can't build a colony there it's not going to happen like why have we given up on this planet Like, it's still here. Let's stick with this planet. Yeah. That's a different soapbox. (laughs) So the last card that I just kind of want to explore through this lens, and we could talk about every one of these pentacle cards and try to, you know, pull them from from within the capitalist industrial complex. But the four of pentacles feels really profound because what you have here is a figure with a little crown and this figure has a pentacle on top of the crown uh, is gripping this pentacle tightly it's blocking the throat and the heart and even the solar plexus and then standing on these two pentacles and so what i always think is so interesting about this card is that the pentacles are blocking the major energy centers the crown chakra the throat chakra the heart chakra the solar plexus the chakras on the soles of our feet that allow us to connect to the earth itself and so if we were to look at this card Within a capitalist framework, it would be like, okay, what are you spending? How are you budgeting? Are you in control of your finances? But also starting to explore outside of that framework, 
How is chasing coin separating you from yourself, separating you from the earth? And that there's a physical foundation available to you that comes from your ability to connect to your value as a natural being, as opposed to as like a worker. I just feel like so many of us in the West, but maybe globally, we're just like so four of pentacles here right now. Like we're all gripping so tightly and trying to protect what we have and we're, and we're not abundant at all because abundance is open and free. Scarcity is where we grip. And that's what capitalism does is it wants you to feel scarce. It wants you to grip. It wants you to spend more to make more. Yeah, to spend more. <laughs> and it's okay to, to work and it's okay to spend. But again, it's making sure that both of those processes align with your deeper soul self. Yeah, and just questioning, like, what am I really chasing in the first place? What am I really chasing here? What am I thinking it's going to be able to provide me? Because we do a lot by rote. That's why those Instagram ads are so effective, because they get you in a vulnerable place, you know? <laughs> You're just scrolling, looking for something to feed your soul. And then you see something that you can buy, and you think, this will do it. This is it. But girl, that's not it. Never is. Never is. Um, all right, my loves. Well, we should wrap this up. We'll pull a tarot card, but we're very interested to know how you would start to explore pentacles from outside of a capitalist framework. So just let us know. Yeah. And if there are any other um, cards or aspects of the tarot you want us to explore more deeply, let us know. All right. So just take a moment and tune in. Connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. And this is just one card that's going to help you until we meet again. One card to help us make the most of this time right now and the resources most available to us. Oh, it's the magician. Hey! So what do you want? What do you want to create? What do you want your story to be? The power's back in your hand. What's the spell you want to cast? Your life is a spell. What do you want it to do for you? Is it a love spell? Is it a money spell? Is it a sex spell? Maybe it's a spiritual spell, a spell of connection, a spell to speak to the animals, a spell to understand the language of the river or the mountain. What is the spell you want to cast with your life? Can it be all of the above? Mm, yeah, sure. I mean, you're casting the spell. And it's Mercury. Mercury rules the magician. So it's being really aware of the, the language that your mind is glomming onto. How are you speaking to yourself? How are you speaking to others? What are the words that you're choosing when you talk about yourself, your identity, and how you want to move forwards in the world? The magician is also about creativity. And, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention and creation. So you have everything you need right here, right now. You don't need anything else. You can start right now, whatever it is. Whatever story you want to tell, it's ready for you. The Magician is my card for this month. How lovely. Mine's the Ten of Swords. <laughs> but it's actually been great. Okay. No, I've really enjoyed actually the Ten of Swords. Oh, good. Yeah, it's actually not so bad. It's actually kind of great. <laughs> I'm pulling them out one at a time. I'm actually not actually. I'm just like, I'm just leaving my body with all those swords in it and I'm just rising above it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Shedding them skins, girl. Shedding them skins. 
Well, I got to get clear about my spell. Yeah, get clear on your spell, everybody. So thanks for being here, you gorgeous angels, you quartz crystals, you amethysts, you smoky quartzes. Um, yes, all of you. You fluorites. Um, we citrines. are looking to cast a spell for our upcoming retreat this year. We know it's been something we've been talking about, and obviously the world has been pushing it back and has even been doing so as of late. But we are feeling like uh, there is a path forward for us to figure it out, and we're looking at some dates. Yeah, we want to plant a flag in the ground, but we want to ask y'all if this makes sense to you. So we want to do it in Joshua Tree because it's a really sacred place for us. We want to do it Friday through Monday, and we are looking at the dates uh, April 29th, April 30th, May 1st, and May 2nd. And we're just wondering, like, is that too soon for y'all to get it together to come and join us? Does that not feel like the right time? We wanted to capitalize on the Jupiter-Venus conjunction in Pisces and with Mercury direct. We could look later in May, but Mercury would be retrograde. We were like, maybe we could do the next weekend, but that's Mother's Day weekend. We were like, yeah. maybe that's an issue for people. But maybe know. it's not. But maybe, maybe it's you, not. Maybe you mamas out there are like, oh my God, giving myself the gift of going away to honor myself. Maybe that's how I would want to spend my Mother's Day. So... If you have been wanting to join us for the first annual Spiritual Gaze Retreat, would you let us know how these dates are kind of working for you? So that way we can either, you know, kind of lock in location and start to, you know, create opportunities to register for this. Or, you know, we'll look to the fall, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are a little concerned that June in Joshua Tree might be a little too warm. Might be too warm. So we'd probably be looking at like <laughs> October before Mars goes yeah. retrograde. Unless y'all are like, I love being in I a love 90 the heat. degree. And I will say the property heat. that we're looking at has a pool. So yes. there is that. And air conditioning. And air conditioning inside. inside. So maybe we could do it in June and just say, why the heck not? Let us know. Let us know what you're feeling so that way we can we can serve you and honor you and your desires for this first ever coming together. And that's abundance, baby. I can't yes, wait. Yes, yes, yes. And then we're also, you know, going to get into what are we uh, course wise doing uh, this spring. And uh, yeah, we're really just going to look at the first half of the year. So we'll be getting all that information out to y'all as it comes together. As always, you can find out uh, everything we have going on at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. You can find our spirit store there. Speaking of all this talk about consumerism. But if you want to express your love for us. And your authenticity of being a gazer. Yeah, and show people in the world what, you're, what you care about, what you value. Well, here we are. We also um, are on all the social medias, Instagram at Spiritual Gaze, Twitter at Spiritual Gaze, Facebook at Spiritual Gaze. You know, you can find us everywhere. Chat with us. And make sure you sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, sign up for our newsletter because one day social media will disappear and you won't know how to get in touch with us. And also, if you have never rated the podcast five stars or left a review, help us keep the podcast growing and alive and viable. Let's go from 19 listeners to 23. That would be amazing. (laughs) So help us out as best you can. Uh, It doesn't take a lot of time and it means so much to us. Yeah, or you can just be sharing us out on your social medias. Make sure you tag us so that we can... Um, you know, see it and share it back out with all our people. Share the love. And until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.